This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 587 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by ProStride. Tonight, we've got a great show, including a chat with Bridget Brown, who recently started a working student position with Dorothy Schneider. We are then going to finish our interview with Patty Mayer about Intermediate 2. Finally, Reese and I are going to chat about warm-up strategy for the Total Saddle Fit trainer tip. Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing <laughs> good. It's, you know, fall has come around. The leaves yeah. are changing. It's, uh, some people really love this season. I love I it. I don't. I love it. I you love do? It. Oh, yeah. yeah I you want, you want, are you one of those season. pumpkin spice oh, yeah. people? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I love right. it. I love so annoying, you people. I love the candles. I love everything about it. There, she she can't even. It's just amazing. It's a magical time for me. But you see, it gets a little chilly. You don't have a little sweater on, you know, in the morning. And but Kentucky in the fall, and you've been here in the fall. Like we, it is the most beautiful weather. It's great, and it's cool. A little cool in the evening and uh, warm during the day, and it's awesome. So, but 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 here it lasts like two weeks so yes. you know fall is just i find it a little bit depressing because it's just a prelude to winter it's just like you know how many days you know i look at my yeah. you know, how many days until the snow is flying so that, i know i know I, we I came to your wedding really and- we do have nice weather but i can't enjoy yeah. it because i'm just like oh no is that oh, you know, gonna be a storm tomorrow or is it i know coming? well we came to your wedding and i thought they were gonna cancel the wedding because it was kind of some snow in the ground and it wasn't even that late i thought oh no they're yeah. gonna cancel the wedding and travis is like no it's canada <laughs> they don't yeah. know but so, yeah anyway i know lots of people who love this love this weather and that love puts it. people in a good mood and that's what i like so yes everybody you can tell me how much you love fall and pumpkin spice just don't copy fill on the inter- on the on the messages i would love it because i do <laughs> i love this time of year i yeah pumpkin everything i even i did i got in trouble the other day because i made some pumpkin cookies and travis kind of drew the line on that he said uh-uh nope no more that <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too, Too much, much pumpkin. pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's how I, I love feel it. about it. You know, the people have just gone crazy with like the pumpkin pumpkin thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. The horses. Oh no, they're all good. They're all so pretty. They're getting their winter coats, and they look so pretty. Oh, you know, they're all like really dark. Oh, they're looking good. But we do have a horse show here this weekend, actually, and we have a hurricane on the way. So anybody actually that's in the path of the hurricane, we're thinking about you. And it's supposed to pour rain here, so I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. So prayers to everybody with the, again, with another hurricane coming. So, um, so yeah, but it has been such a great, we've had literally a month of great weather and then we have a horse show and it's supposed to rain all weekend. So that's, that's the way it goes. That's a Murphy's law it, kind of thing. You know? law. Oh, you're yeah. thinking oh, it'd be a perfect day for a horse show. And yeah, so we're, we are actually getting some outside time, getting some hill work in. Uh, before before we will kind of have to go in here. And, and we know around here for us, it's November. Usually the week of the finals is when the weather changes. Yeah, when, the, when I've been there and it's it, yes. it snowed. It, it snowed. snowed. It, 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 like, why yes. am I here? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's, it's just as bad as at home. I know. Well, you came to be a very supportive helper, help and coach. So that's why you were here. So okay. we, we did appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. Well, we, well we, we, we got a good show about to happen. There, There's lots do. this week. So uh, I think we should probably kind of get to it. Yeah, let's get this party started. I love it. Well, we're going to have a quick commercial break from ProStride. ProStride is the all-natural solution for lameness. It uses the power of your horse's own blood to relieve pain, reduce inflammation, and improve mobility to keep them sound. ProStride can be completed stall-side by your veterinarian in just 20 minutes with no need for trailering. Research has shown improved performance and lasting results with a single injection, no series, no daily supplements, and no monthly regimen. When every stride counts, ProStride. Learn more at ProStride.com. Well, tonight, I am so happy to have my friend Bridget Brown on the show. Bridget and I met last year on our trip uh, through the Dressage Foundation to Aachen, and I'm so happy to have her on the program. Welcome, Bridget. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I actually knew you before because you went to the University of Kentucky, um, but I didn't really know you very well, but we got to be friends last year, so... Uh, you have pr- some pretty exciting news. So I wanted to tell everybody, uh, you are in Germany right now working with Dorothy Schneider, right? Yes, it has been uh, such a dream come true in a way that I didn't even know I had this dream. <laughs> and um, it's so crazy that just over a year ago, we were in Aachen and uh here I am now just over a year later, and I didn't even think this could ever happen to me. I love it. So tell us like, okay, we were talking to Aachen. You said, I, I really, one night you're like, we, I don't know, we were just chatting and she, you said, I would really like to do this. I would like to come study in Germany. And so how did you get from that point to now sitting in, in, in Germany? So, um, yeah, like you said, one night, uh, I said, you know, I'd really like to experience the Ger- the European training hands-on um, 100% all the way and really do this for real. And I thought, maybe after I turn 25 and I have some more experience and um, have just a little more knowledge under my belt. So, uh when we went to Aachen, actually, the day that we left, I was doing an application for this, uh, the New England Dressage Association Fall Symposium, and it was with Dorothy Schneider, and um, it was a really big dream and goal of mine to get into this symposium. I thought that would be pretty amazing to um, have some firsthand uh, experience with a top uh, dressage writer. And I really didn't think I would get in. And I did this application. And then uh, watching her compete in person in Aachen, I thought, oh my gosh, wow. Now I really, really hope I got it. Mm-hmm. And um, so some time went by and I almost forgot about the application because it had been quite some time. And uh, I found out that I got accepted to the symposium with my little four-year-old mare. And um, so, yes, so it was then time to prepare for the symposium. I was very excited uh, watching her compete in Aachen. She was my favorite rider to watch the whole time. And, uh, yeah, so then I 
I went to the symposium in October and an Aachen was in the end of July. So um, there was quite a bit of time in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to the uh, symposium and I the first day we had just a quick 20 minute uh lesson with her so we could get to know her and she could get to know us and our horses and um, kind of think about what to show off for the auditors. And um, I could tell already that I really, really enjoyed her teaching style, that it really worked for my horse, um, her general method. Um, So we had this like meet and greet dinner not even dinner like cocktail hour with her basically with a lot of people and um so I uh tend to be a a pretty brave person I guess (laughs) whether it means like meeting people introducing myself it really doesn't bother me but I was so so scared to walk up to her (laughs) because I was like wow I'm starstruck I'm really such a child here and uh, so I just walked up and introduced myself, told her I was really excited to be there. Uh, and I said, oh, do you ever, you know, accept like riders or working students or grooms or anything? And she said, oh, well, you know, it uh, kind of depends. And um, then I said, okay, great, thanks. And I was like so scared. <laughs> And uh, I really enjoyed the rest of the weekend with her. And um, some of the really nice women from the Dressage Foundation were at um, were at the symposium also. And I got to catch up with them over the weekend. And I had spoken to both of them over the phone. And uh, it's London Gray and Beth Bomart. And I knew London because I rode in one of her um, one of her team clinics, which is a really really awesome youth program that she has. And uh, we just kind of kept in touch a little bit here and there. And then um, at the end of the weekend, I was just really excited from everything I had learned and all the good connections I had made and also like just reconnected with. And then next thing I knew, they were like, oh yeah, uh, Dorothy says you asked her about a job and we talked to her, your name came up and uh, you should, here's her email. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And I thought, wow, that's crazy. And I started talking to her and her husband and he helps with a lot of her PR and stuff. And I thought, wow, this would be really cool in a couple of years. And uh, <laughs> they're like, so uh, when can you come? I was like, like, <laughs> like how, how soon, when? They're like, you know, in like spring, winter, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, like six months. Now? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just, it's a really crazy, exciting opportunity that came up so fast, but also at a kind of an awkwardly perfect time. So tell us, what are your days like over there? What are you doing? So um, we actually have a really big team who uh, works really well together. There's 
there's a program through the German writing system, writing school, I guess, um, called the Bereiter program and Bereiter is just German for writer. And so you do this like two or three year program where, um, you're an intern for a writer, whether it's for dressage or jumping and you have to do a lot of um, theory work, book work, uh, learning about feeding, the care of the horses, um, and also about the um, whether it's riding, stable management, getting on with the team, and so on. So she has um, she is involved in this program, and she gets apprentices. So we have a team of like probably five or six apprentices I think and then um we have a few writers and um then we have just people that do the stables someone who only does um the office work and so it is a very well oiled and well um managed like team and um, we all get along really, really well together in the sense that, you know, if someone is uh, struggling in one area, we can help them in another. And whether it's changing the paddocks or preparing horses or warming up horses. And so my job is kind of in between the apprentice and the rider. Um, the, those are like the two main jobs she has here. And so it can be that I am preparing one of Dorothy's top five-star horses, or maybe I'm warming up one of her young horses, her potential young horses um, that's preparing for a championship in a few weeks. So uh, it's really cool to get to see the different aspects of what it looks like to bring um, to bring horses up from four-year-olds all the way to Grand Prix because she really um that's what makes her so special is that she has this large spectrum of horses at every single level that she makes herself so Bridget it sounds like every day is a little bit different and uh what's happening with your mare give us an update on Miss Shrimpy she is doing so so well um she is about to turn six years old and so just a little information about her um i actually bought her like of course you know this but i bought her as a yearling um from a breeder in the united states uh timbok farm in indiana and she was also a little bit by accident. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I fell in love with her and I was looking for a young horse, but knew nothing about yearlings. And I knew about foals and I knew about four-year-olds, but nothing in between. And um, so here she is. And uh, really, I just kind of said, oh, here goes nothing. I really like her. And she really just, there's something special about her. Um, And so I broke her in myself. I did the four-year-old classes with her. I took her to Dressage at Devon. I took her to the symposium with Dorothy. Um, And I was, that was the biggest, proudest moment for me because she was only four and there was an audience of nearly 400 people. Wow. And I mm-hmm. thought, what have I done to my four-year-old? <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, there was just every opportunity for her 
to do be so silly or spooky or um, just anything. And she was so focused and with me and attentive and just wonderful um, that I thought, wow, this horse could actually perform one day. So um, now she is here in Germany and uh, I said to my trainers in the U.S., um, Marcus and Shannon, I was like, everyone is going to make fun of me because she's very, very, very small. Um, she's like 15 and a half hands. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> You're not super tall though, girl. Yes, exactly. But she, I mean, she's easily the smallest horse in this barn. Um, and <laughs> so everyone goes, oh, you imported a pony. And I, <laughs> I was like, oh, ha, ha, thanks. Uh, she, she's a good girl. Because I didn't want to say, oh, I really love her, whatever. And um, <laughs> so it was, I said to everyone, they're just going to say, oh, the American imported a pony to Europe. Wow. And uh, they did say this exactly. And so my first time riding her, they said, whoa, what? I was like, <laughs> she's like, you mm-hmm. girl, right? They're like, we honestly did not think she would move like that. and it was like the best moment for me because I felt like okay I really believe in this horse and now it's um it's warranted people actually say wow she can really dance and um Dorothy also it was so funny she saw her in the box and she was like that's the horse that you had in Boston I said uh, yeah, and she was like, <laughs> "No, I had no clue she was that small." I was <laughs> like, "Yeah," and so it's just always so funny to me. So uh, that's how she gets her name, Shrimpy. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, so how long are you guys gonna be there? What is the what's the plan? My plan is. A minimum of two years. I think it will probably be a bit longer um, because I'd really like to get her to Grand Prix here. And there's a lot of opportunity for different championships. um, And also, like, the competitions are way more affordable here. That's the biggest thing for me is I feel like I have the chance here to compete and campaign my horse on my own money um that i wouldn't have in the united states to be perfectly honest um going to a competition here is between 20 and 50 euros for a young horse um and even some of the bigger competitions uh with a box you're looking at like maybe 250 euros for the whole weekend so it's a really different budget that you're talking about than what we deal with in the united states unfortunately yeah yeah no that's definitely one of the advantages you know and it yes and, and there are a lot more competitions and they're closer and it's just, just a different structure um, for sure. So, so what's your favorite food since you've been there? Um, 
I like the fricadella. It's so good. <laughs> okay, explain what that is. It's basically like a combination between a meatball and yeah. a hamburger patty. Yeah. And it has this like really yeah. good sauce and mushrooms. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's very, very good. And where I'm living is um, like considered wine country. It's like the wine capital of Germany. So you can, it's actually so beautiful when you want to go trail riding, you can't really go quote trail riding, but you can go riding through the vineyard for hours on end. (laughs) And it's so beautiful, really. Oh, that sounds great. Well, Bridget, we are so happy for you that you're living your dream. I just love the story. And um, I love, I just love knowing from the beginning that you wanted to go and there you are over there. It (laughs) makes me so happy. So we're going to keep in touch with you, girl. And if there's anybody that has any questions or wants to get a hold of you, how could they do that? Um, I try to be, I'm going to hopefully be more active on my social media now. Um, (laughs) but I try to post updates and, um, my Instagram is b.e.brownie. Well, Bridget, you know, I keep in touch with you, but everyone else, uh, you should watch Bridget's journey. It's such a fun, fun adventure and keep in touch, girl. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm just so proud of Bridget and all the young people out there that are following their dreams and and going to foreign places and doing some hard things. And and it just makes me happy. So we wish her luck. And if you have a story of anybody that you know that's chasing their dreams, please shoot us an email. We always love that. Well, we're going to have a quick commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, also another company that will help you reach whatever goals you have. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay, grain, and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost-effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance Products website at kppusa.com. Okay, next, we just have a quick word from a great company, a Canadian company, EcoGold. They wanted us to talk about their Comatech pad. They make some awesome saddle pads at EcoGold. So this Comatech pad is going to provide gentle, soothing relief for a sensitive horse. Comatech saddle pad is made with medical fleece, which reduces friction and pressure points of contact. It dissipates moisture away from the skin to alleviate discomfort and prevent irritation. It's also shimmable, so you can adjust the thickness. Shop the entire collection. Lots of great products from EcoGold at ecogold.ca. Well, this week, we're going to come back with part two of our Intermediary 2 discussion with Patty Mayer. If you missed the first one, check out episode 584. That's going to be the first part. Uh, but this is going to be the second part of our Intermediary 2 discussion, and we hope you enjoy. Should we talk a little bit about Piaf and a little bit about the transitions? Because for me, as you're training these things, I mean, it's really about training a half halt. But it's also about training this kind of thing that is not quite a passage and not quite a PF, that is the transition. In I2 and in Grand Prix, those have separate scores. Mm-hmm. And if you have a horse who, like like our nephew, who sits too much in the PF and he sometimes gets his front legs too far under him, so he ends up a little on a pedestal, 
it is super hard to get out of it (laughs) or out of it at all. And (laughs) and so, so you need to be able to move between those two things. And again, what you'll see people do who are geniuses at this is spend a lot of time just in that little in between. So it's piaffy half steps to passaggi half steps to trotty things to piaffy, and it, they just play in this lovely dance. And again, it helps the horse figure out that it's fine. I do teach these things in a twenty-meter circle or in a serpentine rather than on the rail because. You very rarely pee off on the rail in a test. Um, you do it once in the I-2 and you do it once or twice in entering the Airbnb. But I want the horses to really learn that this is just part of a half molten circle. And, and again, it's this sense of athletic play and dancing that you need to just instill in them as being the most fun ever. And as you probably know from having listened for less, I mean, like I am big into cooking the horse, right? It's a verb to cookie the horse. So when they do something right, I, sh- I mean, I will shove a mouthful of sugar. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. they really, really need to know that they've done a good job and that you are pleased with this and right. they need to know it like- forever. I'm going to give, uh, I'll give you a couple of kind of issues with Piaf because again, and you guys can tell me if you've had horses do this, but again, Reese knows what exact was like. You know, exact was a giant. And there was this time when we were piaffing on the spot, and then I would essentially drop him the way you would drop a horse before a fence. Here's where you go with that you get Cabriel. Not my intent on a 17 2 hand horse. It just was not what I had planned. But I was, you know, he was getting so active that I would get a little scared and I would drop the reins thinking he, you're not drop, you know, not drop the reins, but like I would release the contact horses in general need to feel confident and comfortable in the piaf, which if you think about it, like, especially with horses with more thoroughbred in them, the concept of being on the spot can be a little frightening for them too. It can be super fun, but it can also be a little intimidating for them. And you need to come, you need to keep them comfortable by not doing something what like what I did to kind of nuts so yourself. Um, yeah. So, and, and if you have never sat on a horse with a good PF, it is it, because they lower their haunches quite a bit. It does feel like they could go up at any time. And all you do is you sit there quietly and confidently, always knowing that you can move that horse forward by inches, right? The time that it gets a little bit uneasy is when they've dropped the contact and then you think, hmm, hmm, A, I don't know how to get out of this. B, I don't know quite what's going to happen when I try. Yeah, <laughs> so no, it's true. As part of the training, you have got to train them always to, to think about two things. Rhythm, 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 always more important than anything else and connection. Yeah. So in my, and again, I haven't been successful. I've never really tried to train them as a trick. To, I, I do help them in hand a little bit, but not a ton. Um, I typically don't have people on the ground, but again, I sometimes do. But for me, it's been most helpful to to literally train it as a, as a household where I'm keeping the rhythm, keeping the connection, moving in and out. And that creates, you know, when I do it right, which is not always, that creates better transitions, that creates better pee 
And if you have a horse like Cato, like my current Grand Prix horse, who can get a little bit too on a pedestal, I also work with him moving the passage back towards Piaf. So I try to I try to allow him to keep his shoulders up and his knees forward because if not, he just is too, too sitting. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, it's a first class problem, by the way, but it yes. is a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's true. I, do you guys have anything else that you've kind of had experience doing? I mean, I'm, am I the only one who does embarrassing things in upper levels? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just asking. You have, you have seen me do embarrassing things at upper levels. And we'll probably continue to see it. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think, you know, the thing about Piaf is, is you've got to remember, I mean, I, I showed this this winter in Florida and, you know, the thing about it is, is sometimes with a greener horse, you come in and you're like, yeah, killing the passage. And then you're like, all right, going for Piaf. And then they're like, Oh, and, and it's, they're not quite confirmed in the trend in, in the transition. And then you're like, Okay. All right. So it's, it's, it's not as seamless as it will become in the Grand Prix because the horses are right. just not as, so, so you need to be able to sort of let the passage move forward. I mean, let the Piaf move forward, especially when you go sort of on this diagonal. So you go on the diagonal yeah. uh, over the center line, you do your Piaf and you move forward, you're going to come around. So this is what gets tricky because it's kind of a long set here. You know, you, you yes. then will passage off the center line and then you're going to passage. Um, you're going around to a, so, and then you do another Piaf at a, so you've got eight to 10 steps, right? You've got to then come out again. Right. And then you've mm -hmm. got to passage to P so it's, and then you're going to walk, then you're going to go P S right. and walk flat footed, flat footed, extended walk from yeah. the massage. Which is a double squirt, and, I will tell you. Yes, it was a double <laughs> So And you, and you absolutely time. have to train that. You absolutely you have to train that. You have to train in and out of passage, in and out of PF to extended walk. And again, don't start the week before the test, start years before. Because right. they have got to know that they can go from you know, you get them, a, they get a little kind of, you know, snorty in the passage sometimes, which is yeah. awesome or yeah. not, which is less awesome. And then the minute you walk, they need to be like, okay, fine. Right. And they exactly. drop into a beautiful thought. I mean, this is not the old days where you could have a walk for a four with no overstep. I mean, mm -hmm. they have to stride over with a, just like they did in training level. Right. And, and again, it's not, it's not hard per se. But it really, you have to train it and you have to train it so that you go passage, you walk. If you need to drop your reins for the first year, who cares? I mean, outside of the show arena, right? So they right. just are, you know, just are like, oh, fine. And then you need to be able to, just like when you trained from, you know, at training level and first level, right? When you went from medium walk to free walk and you have to train that transition where they're not, so they don't think, oh, I'm going to jig now. Mm -hmm. You need to train this transition too. And it is a matter of practice and relaxing your body right. and not slouching, which would be me, <laughs> but, you know, but relaxing your body. And yeah, so the, the hard part then is right. So you go from the flat foot extended walk to the collected walk, both double scores, mm -hmm. by the way, then you can or yes. at C. All right. You're right in front of the judge. So that canter transition yeah. actually is important because you don't have a lot of time for this next movement, which is kind of a little sneaky. You go, so it's it reads. The movement of death. 
it's a movement of death. And I've actually had a horse in which it was slightly the movement of death. Um, you, mm-hmm. you pick up the canner at C, then you go MXK medium canner at X flying change of lead. So you have right. to do a flying change in the medium canter. At right. X. So again, worth practicing. They used to yeah. have that in the Grand Prix back in the old days, and people got literally like bucked up into the ceiling. So, so they took it out of the Grand Prix and put it back in the I two. This it, year. it was gone for a while, and then yeah, it, and it its came ugly back head. this year. Yeah, yeah exactly. but I like it. I have to say, I like it. But you know, there are the obvious things like maybe you have a late change behind because you because you're not used to aiding. The, yeah. You're not used to aiding it in the medium. But the main problem has been, at least historically, was you got like, you know, people overate it, and then the horses are like, and <laughs> jettison the rider. <laughs> and we're off. Yeah. yeah and we're off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so, super so fun then, to ride. You get, if you do it right, you get awesome, expressive, straight changes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, it's not my, I, again, let's be real people. I don't love going fast. So. <laughs> oh, I do. I like yeah, action. I, I think we can tell both of those things about both of you people. So. <laughs> Where do you end up, buddy? You quiet little guy yeah. over there. <laughs> you like to go fast. I know you do. I do like to go fast. He yeah. likes to go. I, okay. control I'm, fast. The, I like control I'm fast. the conservative one in this group. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But here's, so you, but it is it's worth practicing, and it is frankly yeah. worth practicing for two reasons. One is, well, gosh, your it's by this time your horse better do what you think. Like better do what you say because like you're now pretty high up. But also, <laughs> your twos will be improved by riding them somewhere between a collected canter and a medium canter. So I ride a medium canter that's closer to an extended canter. So I, you know, I don't quite haul ass out of the corner, but I'm not, I'm not mincing along either. And then I do need to overrate a tiny bit because just to make sure my horse knows it's coming. Uh, I do other flying changes from, especially the twos from somewhere between a medium and a collected because you get these beautiful, big, expressive twos in that. Yeah. Assuming you can keep them through and under control. So it's not bad to practice flying changes from a slightly bigger, even if it's not a medium canter, from a slightly bigger canter as just a schooling thing. Yeah. Um, and oh, you do sure. need to get them new inside, like to new outside, you know, to a new outside aid so you can ask for the change. So, you know, yeah. that's worth practicing too. It is. It is. And now, it's important yeah. because, because now after the diagonal, okay, so you've ridden this extended canter with your medium, with your medium canter with the flying change. Mm-hmm. You now got to go mm-hmm. through the short side and you're going to ride mm-hmm. PX half past left X down the center line. Now, again, we've talked right. quite a bit about half passes, but this mm-hmm. one's just tight. You got to pay attention. It's really you got to yeah. be in shoulder four and leave the rail slightly before P so that you get to the center line. Right. So then you're going to go straight from X to I. Right. That's the hardest part to me is between, between movement 16 and movement 17. So the end of movement 16 is X down center line that in a level of straightness. And of course you have to think shoulder four within 12 meters to get to the next movement, which is a pirouette left. And it's right on the center line where the judge can see you. That means you should not be putting your haunches out to the right. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you should keep the haunches on the center line 
and move your shoulder around them. It's a, it's sort of a twiddly movement, but it actually is that straight part makes it super difficult. And I've seen people have a flying change there because they over straighten or they never straighten at all. And their haunches are in on the center line. It's it, again, it just takes, it takes some time to think about it a little bit. And to me, the way to practice it is to bifurcate it, is to do the half toss to the center line, then just canter straight down the center line. And if you want to do a half pirouette, a G instead of I, do it. But to me, you really need that moment of straightness. I would practice that moment of straightness. Yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed. That's well, super hard because you've got to have the horse on the new on the outside rein, which in this case would be the right yeah. rein, getting ready for your pirouette that needs to be six to eight strides on the center line. Mm -hmm. So it, that is, that's a, that's, that's the business there. And this is, you know, you got to get used to it because you're going to have the pirouettes on the center line in the Grand Prix too. So yeah, Yeah. better just become one with the pirouettes on the center line for sure. (laughs) Then you, then you turn left, C track left and Mm -hmm. you ride the extended canner uh, with a flying change Mm -hmm. at S. And then we're going to do the same thing to the right V to X half pass right X down center line. So it's the same thing here where you have to get that horse on that outside rein, right? Same, just going mm-hmm. to the right now. Then your C track right, then MXK seven twos on the diagonal, which mm-hmm. is, okay. we talked about this last segment in the I1, right? We've just, just added, no, no, you have seven, do you have oh, seven in the fine. I1? Seven twos. Yeah, seven twos. So then we come mm-hmm. and we're going to do 11 one times. So this is the first right. time so you're going to show about two things. Right. So let's, again, unless you do an intermediate air and B, at which point you do, what, six ones or seven ones or something. So um, probably seven. Um, here's a couple of things about, about just, you know, memorizing things. It's 7-Eleven. Like the like like seven eleven story, right? Yeah, and I yeah, swear to God, after the twos, after the twos, I'm always like, it's eleven, it's eleven, <laughs> and I still mess it up sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so memorizing the test—that's a hint. Seven eleven. Um, yeah. A couple of things about the one. So, in terms of writing the test, dead straight, dead straight. Obviously, on the bit would be helpful. Dead straight and centered over X. Now, in terms of teaching ones, either to your, if you have a horse that already knows them and you're just learning them yourself, it's the exact, you do, you learn it yourself exactly the same way you would teach a horse, which is one, one on the quarter line, on the rail, on the diagonal, who cares? One, one. And a reminder, you have to aid change two while you're in the middle of change one. You can't land and then aid because then you're going to be doing two time changes. <laughs> so yeah. you, so you literally, I mean, what I do is I sit up straight, I look across the arena at the at letter at the end, and I just do swing my legs. I mean, my new inside leg forward, my new outside leg back, and I just go back and forth and back and forth. And I try to keep my butt in the saddle, which is not always my best thing. And I look across the arena and I ride towards a point. But the way you teach it to yourself if you have a horse who already knows how, the way you teach it to a horse, if the horse doesn't know it, is it, it, it's exactly the same process, 1-1. One, one. When you get 1-1, one, one, every time you try for any each direction, you do 1-1 one, one to the left and 1-1 one, one to the right, and off you go. And then a week or two later, you do 1-1-1, one, one, one. and then you canter forward. And then a week or two later, you're going to do 
one, one, can't afford do one, one, one on the yeah. same line. And then a week or two after that, you're going to do one, 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 can't afford one, one, one. Yeah. And I think the third, don't you get one, two, three. The I think third that's is hard. Yeah. That's hard. Because you can hard. go one, two, three, because it's, it's, you know, left, right, left. You know, it's, that's a tough one. Yeah. Once you can get three, you can get five, then you can get seven. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I think the one, two, three you, is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the back, yeah, back forth, me, you know, because the horse wants to be on, you know, the lead they're going on, right? So back forth, you know, I think most people can figure that out. But back forth to the counter canter lead. Ooh, yeah. A little tricky. But no. it's, I mean, it's, essentially, it's like you said, it's it's the same thing. You know, you just, you just, you, you so, ask and you try not to move too much and you try to stay straight and right. all those things. And you try, yeah, you really try to just, in my, in, in my opinion, I mean, other people say, move your hip. That is so complicated for me. I can <laughs> move my legs. Like, All right. Cause then my hip I, moves too. Yeah. Right. I got the best 10 and, and it wasn't, okay. I didn't, I didn't come up with it. So I was trying to teach my sweet assistant how to do ones. Right. And we had been out there a long time and it, it Pam Goodrich and we were sharing a barn in Florida and Pam just walks in the ring and she looked at me and she looked at my student. She goes, just move your legs as fast as you right. can. Right. Yes. Yes. Move your legs as fast as you can. Absolutely. By golly. No, this was on, a, this was on a horse that knew ones. She was not teaching the ones. Mm-hmm. She was just learning how to ride them. And, I, and she, I was sitting there and she goes and bangs out like 11, 15 ones or something. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Cause I just did what you said was like, Oh, swing your hip, move your legs. No, literally just go in the diagonal half all and move your legs as fast as you can. And yeah. on but it has level, to be forward and back. It literally yes. needs to be one leg is going forward while the other leg's going back. It can't be that you're only moving the new outside leg. You have to actually sit up, sit straight and go and, Move side to and just one forward, one you know, forward. One one side is coming forward, the other side is coming back, and you have to just keep doing it and commit yeah. to doing it. Yeah. And but but if you as a rider are riding a horse who has never done it, one one is awesome. And for me, if they lose heart on the counter canter part, I like quarter lines. I like doing them on the rail. I like doing them on the short side because it kind of balances them back a little bit. Because, you know, you have more than three strides on a short side. Um, I'm going to tell you something else that's happened to me. Sometimes horses, when they're learning ones, do one of two things. One is they can get very short, so you can get 15 ones on the spot. That is not the goal. (laughs) (laughs) They should cover ground. But sometimes it takes horses a little while to get up the guts and the coordination to move forward. And that can take like a year or so where they're like, you know what? I'm more comfortable doing this sort of without moving forward too much because it just seems like a lot. And that's fine. And it will happen eventually. And again, if you canter, if you do, if let's say a horse is, you know, kind of starts a little bigger and they get smaller and smaller, fine. Do four ones, canter forward, do another four ones or five ones or whatever. So give them a little break in between that just involves cantering forward and eventually they will pick it up. The other thing is to keep them through because sometimes they can get a little more high embraced and high embraced. That yeah. can make it harder and harder. And yeah. And then, you know, they can also, you have to be careful that they don't learn to swing too much. That's really important. <coughs> and that 
certainly yeah. happens when riders are are moving too much. You know that that's mm-hmm. one of the things. So you know those that's, are that's some. That's why that's uh, that I just I'll just put my two cents in here. Um, because everything everybody rides a little differently and learn things a little differently. I really try not to move my legs at all. That's impressive. That's impressive. Um. Uh, just for me personally and 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 what helped when i was learning is uh is just aiding the changes from the outside rain each time yeah wow that makes because sense i don't i really don't use it makes sense i don't use my i just literally ride straight through so i don't use one rain to the next rain but i've seen people do it yeah so i and just I've like, seen to, people teach like horses to not with move the new my leg and, and just make pressure and you know, pressure back forth, and then uh, mm-hmm. aid uh, along along with my outside leg. I'm using my outside rein towards one side, then the other side, then the side. Da, 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 you know, onwards and on. I, I mean, and yeah. and you don't and you don't get it swinging too much doing that. No, because I I'm actually think about controlling the shoulder more than that. So I I just have this issue with my riding is that I just have really long legs. You do with not a lot of muscle. <laughs> So Aww. they will get they they just get swinging like I really like with all of my riding I have to focus on keeping them still and in the right place because if I swing my leg it'll go too much and then hit the horse in the flank or something just way way back uh. and ticklish and they buck <laughs> or they also, they also swing like I can cause a horse to swing his hind leg a lot because <laughs> you of the can't. placement of my leg you know just how long the thing is so. That's, okay, that's that is not personal. my problem. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. yeah, so discuss problems. I'm going to tell you what has helped me recently and do not laugh everyone. Um, I, I don't know. My assistant sent me a video from TikTok of someone doing the ones and it was so good because the girl actually was like a freak at them. Like she was so good at just moving her hip because I have like the opposite problem when I do changes. I, I like revert back to my one minute of riding hunters in my life. I just stick my butt out and, Oh, it's so embarrassing. And I help so much. It doesn't help. It's the opposite of helping. But I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm helping and I'm leaping all over the place. So I just saw this video on TikTok, and, and we've heard that riders like visual and this girl was so great from her hip and just moved her hip. Right. And, and that is where I struggle. Cause I like, don't do that. Well, I don't want to do that. So for me, it's just using my hip and that really helped just having that visual of how easily that girl switched from left to right. I don't even know who it was, but the song was great. And the horse was straight and the ones were awesome and her hips were fantastic. And I, so that was a visual for me and that actually really helped my ones. So I think everybody has to sort of do them differently and, and learn and to do them. So the ones are definitely a challenge and we'll continue in our next one in the Grand Prix because they get even harder in the Grand Prix, <laughs> but it's a good start of everyone of doing them. So, so I love it. Yeah. So in the test, you're going to come off the ones. Uh-huh. This is actually wicked hard and wicked mean. You have to do a collected trot at sea right in front of the judge. So there will be right. no voice aids because I'm sure we all wanted <laughs> no to No audible voice aids. No audible voice aids. I'm not going to lie that I have actually prayed for a trot transition there multiple times. I have typically had to start that transition early 
And like, if I get it early, I'm fine with that because if you don't get it, you're going to run into MXK extended trot. So so So, for me, I I write that early. Yeah. So I don't, but what I do (laughs) is I get them, I get them uncollected. So the key is you cannot from a hyper collected trot from a really sitting trot from sorry, from a really sitting canter, you cannot get to a trot. They're no, they have to stop. almost fall right. apart. All they're they have to fall into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So the idea is you fall down and forward into the collected trot from the collected canter. So you want to make the collected canter less collected to do that. <laughs> so I'm not saying get your upper level horse on the forehand, but if you try to sit them down from the collected canter to the collected trot, you will be collected cantering on the spot for the rest of your natural life. They have yeah, got and to you'll have miss a little that. bit longer neck uh, yes. and you'll miss mm-hmm. that transition. They've got to have a little bit yeah. longer neck, a little bit more level balance, not, you know, they, they need to, I mean, I, the way I like to tell my students is you fall down from the canter to the trot. You fall, and I, and I don't mean fall like off balance. I mean, just ease down and pulling back is not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've done it <laughs> at all. I've done everything you've just talked about. It's, for me, it's like, oh, I just get into that corner and, and pull on the outside rein and hope they stop. Yeah, no, I'm not, just kidding. That is not I'm just a good kidding. idea. <laughs> but I, I am not alone. And that is a very difficult transition, actually, because you've just it come is. and you've done all this work. And then you're like, oh, boy. So uh, so that's that's actually hard. So then you go, you get that collected trot right there at the judge. You just show them how awesome you are. You ride your extended trot MXK. K collected trot, K A collected trot, and now you get to dance a little bit more. Uh, yeah. A down center line between D and L transition to passage, L I passage, I halt immobile salute. So, so I train, I guys, train passage yeah. on the center okay. line myself. I, oh, I yeah, do that at the end of every ride, and man, I praise my horses a lot. So they learn because, as we all know. From this point until from training level or introductory level to intermediate one, you halt at X. So the horse is really, or G, right? But your horses really have to learn now. You ain't stopping at X. Not to do that. (laughs) Don't do that. And so, you know, you've got, Mm -hmm. so, so my upper level horses, I start training early that we party on the center line and I try to play some music and I really go for it. So they learn, like, Mm -hmm. you ain't stopping here, guys. Like, keep going now. So that's what I do. And I'll tell you for in terms of training it, again, I trained that from the beginning. So I train from the beginning that we don't necessarily halt at X. We might halt at G or we might walk at G and walk around the corner. Once they're passaging down the center line, I do not halt. Full stop. If if I'm schooling the Grand Prix, which we'll talk about later, I do not halt a G from the passage. If I'm if I'm schooling the intermediate, I do not in schooling halt at I. I trot at I and trot around the corner. Yeah. Because how many horses have you seen in these tests go, I've got this for you. I know <laughs> we're gonna halt. So I'll just be halting for you before you ask. And then the then the rider goes, Wait, uh 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 <laughs> Don't Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, it's really a time, you know, the, the, I I love to get to that point because I just smile and hit the gas pedal and like 
we, my guys really, I really like to dance at that point. That's where, again, I, I Passage is my favorite. So it's so fun. And I'm like, yay, mm-hmm. we get to do it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I, I think my, you know, I enjoy it, but, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, and the you thing can really fires them up on the center line. Yeah, they, and they, they know have fun, for sure. Yeah, they have fun. So mm-hmm. I think it's a really good thing. Well, well, Patty, whoo, intermediate one. Oh, I mean, intermediate two. Oh boy, intermediate two. Lots of there's so much stuff in that in that test, and and uh, as always, super fun. How can our listeners find you online? And I'm getting sad already because Grand Prix is our next one. And then we're, well, we could go to the young horse classes. We, we got more special tests. or we could do the we young do horses. All the anyway, things. that seems silly. <laughs> but um, anyways, Patty. There you go. I'm reachable on Facebook, Patty, P-A-T-T-Y, Mayor. Um, I have a barn called Bailiwick House, B-A-I-L-I-W-I-C-K House, H-O-U-S-E. Uh, my email, crazily, is bailiwickhouse at gmail.com. Or you can call or text at 310-729-3365. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Patty, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. I'll talk to you all soon. Well, Phil, one of the things I know you don't like about winter is the mud. And so we have a solution to keep you from becoming cranky, Phil. And we're <laughs> going to have, <laughs> we're going to learn all about this awesome new product from Han Plastics. Well, tonight we have Elizabeth Hoflein of, she is the general manager of Hans Plastics in North America. And she is going to talk to us about this amazing product that I can't wait to get my hands on. Liz, hi, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, Liz, tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, a little bit about me. I uh, was born and raised in Canada um, and then ended up in Europe for eight years. Um, where I started working with Han Plastics um, way back in 2013. Um, and since then, I have been lucky enough to return back to Canada with a job at Han Plastics North America, which was founded in 2016. Um, so here I am. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the company continuing to grow as it has. And uh, just wanted to let some people know about this new product that we've got. Well, first, maybe you can introduce us to Han Plastics, and I think this is a great company that is doing a lot, you know, for making products environmentally conscious way. Yeah, sure. So I I should start off by saying that all of our products are made from 100% recycled plastic, Um, and the recycling movement began in Germany um, back in 1991 when some government legislation was passed saying that plastic packaging materials needed to be recycled and no longer landfilled. Um, So a few short years later, our founder, Mr. Kosin, decided that he wanted to tackle uh, the recycling um, aspect of things and make something useful out of all this recycled plastic. So um, many years ago now, 26 years, uh, he started with... Um, a lot of private funds and perseverance that were needed because there was a lot of years of losses to begin with. Um, And his company eventually was rewarded. And there's now 400 employees at Han. We have eight locations worldwide and we make 2000 different products. Like I said, they're all a hundred percent recycled plastic. That's amazing. That's amazing. Because let me tell you, when I lived in Germany, I mistakenly didn't recycle and I got yelled at and it was my first week and this old lady yelled at me and it I didn't realize <laughs> I had no idea. So I, I, it's a very serious 
situation. It's very, very yeah. serious. When I lived there, I was amazed at yes. how strict it is and how people tend to follow the rules exactly. I mean, oh, yeah. we lived in an apartment where there was only where there was six different apartments, and we had one uh, recycling <laughs> bin for six apartments. It was <laughs> unbelievable. That's how ours was. And I put something in yeah. the wrong bin. And let me tell you, I never did that again. <laughs> yeah, I well, don't blame you. <laughs> woo! <laughs> but that's, it's such a great thing. It's fantastic. And I wish we were like that here in, in the United States. But can you tell us about the mud control grids that I am now absolutely in love with and can't wait to get my hands on some? Yeah. So uh, I'll just describe it for you first. So you can kind of picture what we're talking about. Um, it's really just a square piece of plastic that's got holes in it and tabs on each side so that they can fit into each other. And then there's a substructure built in the bottom. It's, it's a, a gray square, basically, is what we're talking about. Um, and uh, this is a new product to the North American market. It's been on the market for less than two years here now, but it has been used over in Europe for, I believe, about 10 years now. Um, it's hugely popular in Germany and the UK, and we decided to expand and bring it across to North America because we also have mud. The mud does not just stay in Europe. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone can relate to a mud issue. So, yeah, it's um, been very, very well received over here. Um, and what sets our grids apart from the other grids, because there's plenty of mud, like mud solutions out there, but what sets this one apart is the fact that it's 15 pounds per piece, so quite considerable. And the beauty of it is you can put it right down on top of the mud. You don't need to do any excavating. Just put it down in the mud and you're done. It's cool. We wow. got some video on it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, There's about, a video yeah, of a horse. Of great videos. Oh my gosh. The horse is just following the path and the horse is like, thank God I have no mud. It's insane. I was like, I'm sold already. I mean, Liz, it was amazing. So how do you install are... it? Yeah. So you just put it down. Sorry. I mean, I'm fascinated. Yeah. So what you would do is that uh, probably the video you saw was, or one of the videos you might've seen is just a single track. So just yes. one row of these grids. And like you said, the horses, like us, would prefer to walk on nice firm footing out of the mud. So they tend to stay on that one path. Um, if you were doing a run-in shed or an area where uh, maybe a gate or around a feeder um, where you're doing a square area, I would always suggest doing one row first and then fitting in the second row and laying them staggered. So start part way when you're doing the second row start partway in on that first grid. So they're not nice, clean lines where you have two grids meet. It just gives them a little bit of extra stability. Um, you do also have the option of putting gravel underneath. If you know that drainage is a really big problem, that's just going to help with the drainage as well. Okay. Oh, and well, I should say how, we, how about, we, how about, I mean, we live in Canada, the company is in Canada. How, yeah. how does it work in the ice, snow, all weather situation? So a question I get asked often is, do they get brittle in the winter? And the answer is no. These are two inches thick. So it's not a flimsy piece of plastic that we're talking about. These are substantial. Um, as for ice and snow, you can shovel them off. That's not a problem. Um, ice, ice will build up anywhere where water pools and it freezes. 
So these do have holes in them um, to allow for drainage. Um, the holes are two inches in diameter, so they're they're decently sizable. Um, but like I say, ice builds up anywhere where water pools and it freezes. So as much as they, we, it does help, it's not a solution for ice necessarily. Well, guys, I mean, Kentucky, we have ice. But we have a lot more mud than we have ice. We actually do. We get ice storms, which is the weirdest thing. But how do I get these, Liz? Like, I'm ready. Like, how do I get them? Where do I get them? So we do sell them through a network of distributors, um, both in Canada and the U.S. Uh, The best place to reach us is actually just go to the website mudgrid.ca and send us an email and we'll direct you to your closest distributor. We can also answer any questions you might have um, that you maybe aren't typical questions, um, but we're happy to help and we can put you in touch with your nearest distributor and take it from there. Yeah. One extra thing I want to ask uh, to you, and I I know the answer to this is that these actually come with, I think this is kind of important, a 20 year warranty. So again, they're not flimsy. They're not going to, you know, you're not going to use them for two years and then have to throw them out. That's right. Yep. So I know there's loads of alternatives out there get some old carpet, you know, put some gravel down. Those are things that you're going to have to go back in a year or two and, and redo it. This really is a solution where you just put it down once, stays in place. Um, there is a 20-year warranty on it. Oh, so the other thing I should mention is that this can be a temporary or permanent uh, solution. So if you're boarding or if you're leasing your land, uh, you can take these back up when you leave if what? you choose to, or if your paddock's recovered and you want to take them up and use them somewhere else, you can do that. This this doesn't have to be put down permanently. And you that can always so add cool. to it too. I'm yeah. even more in love. What? That's so <laughs> cool. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. So so could I install them? Like right now, it's actually quite dry here, but it's going to start raining. So how do you install them, like if you want to do it proactively for the winter? Um, So what you would do is you would try and level the ground as much as possible, just so that these sit flat. Okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's the beauty of installing these when it is muddy, that they do sort of self-level in the mud because it allows Ah. them to move a little bit more than... Um, than when the ground is dry. Not that I'm suggesting people wait until it's horrible <laughs> weather and muddy and gross out, but uh, <laughs> there is a little bit more work involved when you don't have perfectly oh. level ground and it's dry. Okay. All right. See, this is good to know. Wait, wait till it's a little squishy. Well, and, and you can drive on these too. I mean, again, you know, like the, the toughness of these, of these grids is amazing that, you know, it'll, it'll handle, you know, if you have a space, you're going to use them and be like, Oh, I, I, you know, then now I can't put my tractor over there or something like that. They're, they're really tough. And I've seen in the videos, people driving their tractors over, no problem. Yeah. We've, we've seen, um, fully loaded dump trucks drive over them. We've, <laughs> there's a video that I saw, I believe it's in the UK of someone getting their car stuck in a field. They, they built a little run of these to get the car <laughs> unstuck. Um, they, they can take 5.6 tons per square foot. I mean, they're incredibly strong. So there's no issue at all with the weight of, of horses standing on these or tractors or ATVs or cars or anything driving over them. Awesome. All right, Les, give, it, give us the website and, and all the socials again so that uh, people can check them out for themselves. 
Yeah, so we have a website dedicated to this product. It's mudgrid.ca. Um, or you can email us here at the office. It's info at hanplastics.ca. So Han is H-A-H-N. Or give us a shout. It's 519-218-8800. And we'll get you pointed in the nearest, in the direction of your nearest distributor. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Liz. Thank you. So Phil, as you know, we are huge fans of totalsaddlefit.com. We love Total Saddle Fit and all their products. But what I find with their girths, which is really interesting, is we had the saddle fitter here and we had one horse. He had come in for training and we, I just I couldn't, he, he came in with his equipment and the saddle fitter said, hey, try the stretch check shoulder relief girth. And I'm going to tell you, I couldn't believe the difference in this horse. It was amazing. It was so cool to see. We changed the girth and we actually changed the saddle pad as well. And the, the saddle, whole new world. So we are, we're not kidding. Like, I love it. He loved the, the elastic part of that girth, which was really cool. So, um, you know, again, they just have fantastic I think, Yeah, products. I can think that, you know, if you were a horse and, mm-hmm. you know, you were girthed up, I mean, it's every day five, six days a week that, that this is happening to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I find it hard just, I'm not a big guy, but even I like my belts to have a little stretch in them, you know? And, and, <laughs> and so that girth with a little stretch in it kind of just allows them to breathe. And I think, I think it, you get results. Yeah, exactly. So, so comfort. Yeah comfort and and they made the saddle fit better so uh again we love total saddle fit they have really fantastic products that phil and i test and use and and we beat them up too where and they're still the same like they're sturdy yeah they are sturdy justin hates the way i clean them which is hose them down he can't stand it but we can't thank just enough at totalsaddlefit.com check out all their girths they have great price points and different um the the other different designs too which is really neat so we hope you enjoy that and we've got a great total saddle fit tip of the week uh we hope you enjoy This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, you've got a trainer tip for you, don't you? Well, I was just thinking about uh, just having experienced a, you know, doing my only, only dressage show of the year and, you know, just thinking about how we could help our listeners and some some things that I, I really like to do and like to do for my students is one of the things is really trying to plan out a warm-up routine. So um, basically, this is, is part of my program is to, two weeks out from a horse show, start to really think about how I want to warm my horse up and how long it takes. So I'm going to, uh, you know, in my daily riding routine, time time my entire ride but really time the warm-up and make a plan for it so that it's something that i am just going to take to the horse show with me to really you know ride the same plan you know to do a few minutes of walk a few minutes trot, but but to have a really structured idea about how i want to warm up and have an exact amount of time you know and it can be different horses need different amounts of time you know i we had a horse that we took that I needed to make a 35-minute plan. Okay, great. You know, I know mm-hmm. to show up at the warm-up 35 minutes before my test time. And, you know, I would do 
walk around one way, walk around the other way, and then trot, and then, you know, do my circles and, and whatever. I just really structure your plan so that there's no guesswork to, oh, do I, you know, do I need 15 minutes? Do I need 30 minutes? Or, you know, you know, or asking around, what do you, you know, how long do you take? You know, you have to know, right? And, and it has to be planned and you have to, you have to time it and you have to be at the warm up on time and you have to, you know, kind of go through the pattern of your test of that day and know which test you're riding and, and, you know, not leave anything up for chance, I think is, is, is yeah. my best strategy to, to feel prepared. Yeah, I, I think that's so good. And I'll be honest too. Um, I literally had this discussion with someone today, right? Actually, right before I came in to do the show and, um, she's doing fourth level. So there's lots of things in there. And she was talking about, we were also talking about now mentally prepping for the horse show. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that is talking, thinking about the warm up exactly plan your warm up, actively remembering the test. She's doing one test. So she needs to be mentally training that test now two weeks out. And I said, you know, really ride, you know, think about what it's going to feel like move, let your body move if it needs to move. And, um, and so we were literally having that same discussion. And then I think it's also good just to remember, like at that point, you don't need, you should already know how to ride the test when you've entered the horse show, right? That's kind of yeah, a rule, rule right? One, like right? that's, that's step, step one, one, right? You don't need to be training something new when you're going to the horse show. You're just perfecting your corners. You're perfecting your circle lines. You're perfecting yeah, your center well, lines. I mean, like a horse show is not like training. It's it's not right. training. Like you don't go into the warm up training the horse how to do uh, a flying change, for instance, or training. Right. You are just. Um, I think the warm up is just getting through each of the movements in a way that makes sense to you and really helps your horse horse the the best way possible. Um, you know, but I, I tell my students, like if you're showing third level test two on, on Saturday, you know, and, and, and I know the test really well, and, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to do a flying change on a diagonal maybe because right. there is no flying change on the diagonal. Change on the diagonal. Right. So why would you Coming do that? Coming out of the half pass. Yeah. That's, that's disorganized. That's yeah. I mean, that, that just leads to changes in the half pass maybe, or just mistakes or problems or there's no reason to practice extra stuff if it has no purpose. So I think, you know, your warmups have to be purposeful. You know, yes. if you do, if you, you can do a leg yield, right. Even though it's not a third level move, if that helps your horse become more supple and you have to experiment in the two weeks leading up to your horse show, what, how do I warm up my horse best? And how do I enter the, the ring with my horse at optimal focus and energy, because I don't like to see the riders take 40 minutes to warm up and just be exhausted. Yes, don't do mentally that. Mentally and physically mm-hmm. in going into the ring. You're not going to show your, your best stuff at that point. Right. right. You know, that, right. That, that's not good preparation. That's, you know, that's just being tired. And, and you know, and if you have a really fresh horse, then then you need to you need to be able to warm them up enough that they got their focus, but they aren't, they aren't tired to become unfocused again. Those kinds of things shouldn't be happening. Right. Sure. So it's it's difficult. It's a skill. It really is a skill. It's a train. Yep. I I completely agree. And some horses I know you can't stop and have a water break, right? They lose their focus or you can't put your coat on. You need to have that ready to go. Like, again, you should know that about the horse you're riding or or your own horse uh, before you go in the ring. 
So I think it's a really good tip, Phil. And and this is also, you know, I love the idea and we've kind of piggybacked off your idea too, where we're having some write a test with a, a local retired judge and she comes in and that's a great thing to practice, right? On, on, a, on an event like that, where you can sort of practice your warm up and then go ride. Yeah. Um, well, you know, even when we had the judge come over, it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm just going to warm up over here for 15, you know, 15 minutes. I'll tell you when I'm ready because because you could have certainly done that. Right. But right. no, we, we said, OK, you're going to go in at, you know, that's part of it. You know, that that creates stress for a lot of people, you know, to say yeah. I've got to be in the ring at 10, 18. And, then, you know, that's yep. it's it's part of the mental game of of show prep and of how it's different than just being at home and riding around and saying, OK, now, you know. Now I'm warmed up. Now I'm ready to ride the test. Well, then you need to be able to prepare that in an organized way and in a timed way mm-hmm. that you can do that at a show when you have an exact time to be in the ring. I love so it. I that, love it. That's my tip. Great and that really helps Good me. Job. And, and, you know, I, I don't, you know, just A-type personalities and, and you don't <laughs> like to feel disorganized or not have had enough time to practice one thing. And, oh, I forgot to do that. You know, so it's it's good. And then again, you, the the more you do it, the more the more it becomes comfortable, and 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 you I, can do it better. Yeah, I love it. Great tip. Thanks, Phil. Well, Phil, I've got to give a shout out to my sister, Lindsay Cassidy. Uh, she's been on the show and, and she has been an amazing uh, during quarantine, but she's my eyes on the ground and I can't thank her enough for being my eyes on the ground with my horses and he he, I maybe gave her a little bit more of the horse bug to get back because she got a horse today. So cute. Yes. Sweet Danny boy arrived early this morning and he came to the Northeast and he is just cute as a button. He's 12 years old and he does third level. And I'm just so excited. You know, we were talking about this, like if you ever need a horse person to justify getting another horse, just ask another horse person because we will we'll totally justify it but it's, <laughs> it's really fun that, that he fig, came. figure out yeah figure out if you're on the fence we can certainly oh, push yeah. you off the fence oh easy i can push you off the fence and i don't know where that horse came from but no he really sweet and we're so i'm so glad she has a horse that we can kind of clinic together again and and like old times and and maybe if she wants to show him a little bit so i'm really excited for her so i had to give her a, a, a shout out but as always we truly love your email and facebook shout outs keep them coming we've had some really good ones recently and we phil and i really appreciate it because we're, we're doing this show for you guys and and we really enjoy and and we truly are here to help you in any way we can or if you have any suggestions for the show send us an email or facebook shout out and you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website dressageradio.com like us on facebook just search dressage radio show Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is through Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. That's philip with one L. I'd like to thank our sponsors tonight for allowing us to keep the lights on. That's ProStride, Kentucky Performance Products, Eco Gold, Han Plastics, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back, and stay safe and well. And we look forward to talking with you next week. 